Hello, hello. Welcome back to the CTO studio. I, of course, am your host, Nikolai Walker, on the mic and in your ear, my favorite place to be with the content you want and the content you need. Now, we are week three into our conversation with Brant Cooper, who is the author of Lean Entrepreneur and also the author of a new book, which is called Disruption Proof. And we'll talk about that towards the end of the episode where you can get it. Now, Etienne is going to hand the mic over to him. He's going to take over because we are right in the middle of a conversation about patenting strategy and the research that he has done. Etienne, ready? Here we go, brother. One of the one of the most prevalent things that came out of that was not the you know, new useful uh, new and usefulness of ideas and patenting ideas. Uh, obviously, you can't really patent code. You can copyright the code, but what really came out of that to me was what culture do you have in place in your organization to help surface and empower the ideas of the many in your organization? What relationships do you have with service providers, attorneys, to, to just help you have the different conversations about what is considered competitive or uh, patentable and it's not necessarily the end. It's just the means to helping the whole organization move forward as a unit, as a team of teams in order to anticipate where things are going and what, what else could be built. I know, I know for instance that I know for instance that a lot of C-suite people don't always know what the CTO does, but likewise, a, a lot of what the engineers are doing at the sort of grassroots level isn't always bubbling up to management. You know, hey, I found this really cool way to pipe the CSV into the the XML that changes it. And and then you think, but hang on, we can open source that or we can make that a package and then we can build brand awareness uh, like so many of these um, unicorn companies do. They have a whole developer side that's just focused on developer advocacy through putting tools out there. And that ultimately contributes to your competitive advantage when you can hire amazing people and attract them to your company. So it's such a complex system. Well, th think about that though. Think about like, okay, so the, the, the engineering team throws over to the marketing team Hey, we've got this really cool stuff here and we can, you know, launch this whole developer network and we, and marketing is just going to be like, what, what, where is this coming from? I mean, so I think that your, your primary point there that, uh, is the communications flow. And so this is where, this is where the agile movement really kind of has failed in, in my estimation. And it's really because it is only in, uh, R and D or engineering in any real way. And so uh, the company itself is not agile if only one group inside is agile. And of course, we, we could you know debate till the cows come home that even a lot of the agile implementations have not made R&D agile or engineering agile, uh, at least in terms of the agile manifesto. But the whole, the whole shift here uh, where power is on the edge, right? The consumer is making decisions. The consumer has all of these choices. Um, and inside the company, the power is still, you know, at the top hierarchical in the core of the business. That's the fundamental 
that's the fundamental breakdown of most companies here as we get into the third decade of the 21st century. Agile is what changes that because you're empowering teams then on the edge. And so, yep, the engineering team knows what the best solutions are. The engineering team has these great ideas. And over on the marketing side or, or product management side or something, there's, these, yeah, we understand what the customer needs are. Customer support is saying, hey, listen, this is what we're hearing. And so there's all of these ears, you know, sort of to the ground or to the railroad, uh, uh, the railroad rails, and, and they know what's going on out there. And yet the decision making is, uh, is, is still centralized. But the failure has been that the communications flow doesn't come from the edge and back up to leaders and it doesn't go across the company from marketing to engineering and from engineering to marketing. Uh, uh, one of the very first companies that I did product management for the reason why I was put in charge of product management is because the sales, the head of sales would walk into the engineering's cubicle and go, I need you to build this feature. And she was a very powerful woman and the engineers would go, yes, ma'am. And they would code it up. It didn't matter whether that would result in a sale or not. It, you know, most often probably did not because that's just, uh, it's just not how things work. But, but, you know, in a larger organization, we're all siloed out. That information is not going up the company and it's not going across the company. And I don't think that that can be fixed until everybody becomes more agile. And then we have to start implementing a very purposeful communication structure such that management and leaders are getting the information they need in order to, you know, correlate those to what the priorities are and even change the priorities necessarily. And then that information flows back down um, in terms of resource allocation and, and mission. strange world to imagine where the edge is empowered to change the sprint i mean i me to me the big flashing word there that has got some broken letters in it it's kind of hanging skew is over the the the, the dive bar in maybe the family guy is trust like it's you you have to really trust your people to not screw things up and even if they do, to see that as a learning. Yeah. So how do we change that? I mean, I think that that's the, I think that's, I think that's right. I think that the, what's, what's interesting to me is that middle management is put into this tight squeeze where they're supposed to be managing these agile teams. And so they're producing all of the information and yet the leaders haven't changed the way they manage. And so they get top-down pressure to do things this old way and they get this bottom up. And so they're caught in the middle and we haven't done the training for middle management and we haven't empowered them to actually understand what their, what their role is. And I think that's the next big thing here is we're really going to start focusing on, on this, the skills and, and, and whatnot that, that middle management needs. And have we, have we, have we locked ourselves into a, an agile engineering process that then gets wiped out. We're, have have we been locked in a process of trying to waterfall metrics agility in a company so that the higher ups can understand what's going on? 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess I don't have a good visibility into what the uh, what the metrics look like now. But yeah, I mean, I think that the old school KPIs, OKRs are actually measuring the amount of work people are doing. It's their task generated type of metrics, as opposed to what we really need in an agile world is progress towards desired outcome metrics. So it's what I call our learning metrics. In other words, we learn how we're making progress and whether we're making progress so that the calendar is not dictating the percentage done. It's actually the, it's actually what percentage we are towards completion of the mission. That is- I, I completely agree with you, but I th- isn't that where the unstoppable force meets the immovable object, which is agility and sprint planning says we have capacity. We want everyone to be creative. We want people to manage themselves. And we're going to do stand-ups to just kind of find out how we can unblock each other. But let's let's make sure we time box I'm I'm all for time boxing so that you can see, hey, uh, I think I can do this in two weeks, not from a deadline point of view, but from a, uh, a somewhat mini estimation point of view to help everyone sort of work together. But then you end up in a larger system that where the CTO is being asked, well, when, when can we release this product? And that's not necessarily an unfair question. But it's it's two different paradigms. Yeah, I think it's true when there's a new product launch. But in terms of existing products, uh, you know, the you're hopefully uh, streamlining getting things out and tested with real customers as as quickly as possible. Um, I think for for new releases, uh, I don't know. You know, I mean, I guess I think that we need to get away from the whole the whole launch idea. I think the product launch is dead. I think it's bullshit. And I think that um, it's been actually not true for, for ages. And I think it's still just being, it's old school project management. It's not really product management. Version five, version 5.1, version 5.2. It's it. That's all, that's all managing by calendar. It's not managing by, by percentage done. So I remember, well, I was just going to say that, you know, I, as a product manager and head of product management and marketing and business development for a startup back in the early aughts, uh, we launched a hardware platform. Um, and, uh, you know, this was old school, traditional, you know, I, we were in there negotiating with engineers about what we're going to fit in there and what bugs are going to be fixed. And we had a launch date and we launched the product and it, it was horrible. It was just, it, it was, the product wasn't done and uh, customers immediately found all sorts of problems. And so what we did is we just, we just chilled. <laughs> we just kind of like worked with those early adopters that had, you know, bought the product and we iterated on the product for the next six months until we had what was then a pretty solid shippable version. And then we start the marketing and the sales of it. It, it 
the this whole old school idea of the big launch is just BS. And so there's really no reason why you can't do that sort of classic lean startup approach, which is not launching to everybody. You know, that's like a mythology of it. It's it's who are your early adopters? If you're selling to businesses, who are the three customers that will come in and work with you to finalize a shippable working version that solves problems significantly enough that they'd be willing to pay you some decent money for it? And then once you've done that with a handful of customers, now you can start rolling out the marketing plans and the selling plans and all the rest. The big launch doesn't help you. It's just BS. So we need to stop doing it. That solves your problem. Because what we're measuring is progress towards a minimum viable product. And we don't know what's viable until it's out in the market to some degree. So it would seem that if we could if we could warm up or if we could strengthen an organization's competitiveness, that really developing and designing a process and then getting everyone's buy-in that this is how we're going to do it seems like about the the process, like you just described sort of offhand, like, listen, it's not about releasing to everybody. It's not about massive marketing campaigns behind a version promising, you know, the goose that lays the golden egg. You know, it's, it's you're, you're, you're in a constant in a process, and, and this is where I think the trust will come back, is, is if, if there's a process that is empowered to, to quickly and effectively take it from the edges idea into the market, bounce back into the market, bounce back, and there's a process that everyone can trust, then, uh, then you can try anything always because there's a sense that we know how to deal with the neckbeards DevOps dude's idea that no one wants to listen to, but he may have a really incredible idea that that needs to be tried out. Thanks again for joining us here in the CTO studio. Thank you to our guest, Brant Cooper, who we've had some great, great conversations with, and we will continue to moving towards the future, uh, as in the next one and the one following that. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Brant is, in his own right, an author of Lean Entrepreneur, as well as the author of a book called Disruption Proof, and that is available on Amazon.com, so you can go over there and grab that. We'll be back next week with more from him. If you would, in the meantime, please subscribe to this podcast available in iTunes. Go check out Frank Cooper's LinkedIn and as always check out 7ctos.com and we will see you again next time.